Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Tuesday, November 22nd, and we are headed towards Thanksgiving Day, just a couple of days before Thanksgiving. And I said yesterday, and I said it on Sunday, that I think we ought to give thanks every day this week. Oh, my. We're so blessed of the Lord. We have so much to be thankful for, and we ought to glorify his name. Amen. Matter of fact, right now, I just feel like lifting up my hands right here in the recording studio and saying, glory to God for his many blessings in my life. My, we're blessed. My wife and I, this week, we've got her mom and dad with us, and we've got our oldest son, Joshua, and his wife, and their two children with us, and her youngest granddaughter visiting with us for the first time, visiting Kentucky. Amen. Little Becky and Shepherd, And then, of course, little Samuel. I call him Second Samuel because he's Joshua Samuel Shepherd Jr. And I joke him with that Second Samuel title. But anyway, we're glad to have them, and we're so blessed of the Lord. Amen and amen. Well, we're going to be going to the message here in a moment. Be in prayer for us. Pray that God would bless and use the broadcast for his glory and honor. We're not just wasting time waiting for Thanksgiving. We're trying to serve God right up to that day and even on that day. Amen. Well, here's a good song and then the message from the Word of God. And then a short message, just a four-day message on this week's broadcast. We'll begin in that today and we'll continue. We're looking at Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 31. I'm preaching today on when I survey the wondrous cross, talking about the death of our Lord Jesus, the blood of our Lord Jesus. On yesterday's broadcast, we just gave the introduction and began a point. Let me say today we're going to be talking about the cross as the crossroad for sinners. There's a change that takes place at the cross in the life of a sinner. When a sinner comes to Christ and comes to the cross, a change is made. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. Turn in your Bible, if you will, to the book of Romans, chapter number 3. I want you to hold your place here. I'm going to come back. This is going to be my main text. It's what I'm going to preach from. But I've got some verses that I want to read in other places as well. First of all, we'll start in 1 Corinthians Chapter number 1. Hold your place there in Romans 3. We're coming back. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. The Bible says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Amen. I underline that phrase for the preaching of the cross. Amen. Now turn, if you will, to Galatians chapter number 6 and verse number 14 down towards the end of the chapter. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Amen. I underline that phrase, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of Christ. 
Now just a couple of pages over Colossians chapter number 2. 1, I'm sorry, chapter 1 and verse number 20. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 20. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Of course, I underlined that phrase, through the blood of His cross. And then one more, Hebrews chapter number 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Let me say something about the blood of His cross. You know the cross didn't bleed. He's talking about the blood that the cross caused. The blood that was shed on that old rugged cross is what he's talking about. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that He by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Amen. Now He doesn't mention the cross specifically. The word cross is not in Hebrews chapter 2. But it's talking about the suffering of death. I underline that. That he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. That's talking about the cross of our Lord. Now turn to Romans chapter number 3, and I'll read you my text and bring what I think will be a short message, but a lot of text reading, but a short message out of Hebrews, or Romans, I'm sorry, chapter number 3, and picking up verse number 19. These are familiar. I trust you're familiar, particularly with chapter 3 of the book of Romans. Chapter 3 and chapter 8 are great, wonderful. And chapter 9, chapter 10, they're all good. But those are some special chapters in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 3, verse number 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. I'm going to stop just a minute. I have read and have heard men in meetings, men say that that verse is talking about the Jews, only talking about the Jews, because it says to them that are under the law. But he clarifies he's not just talking about the Jews. He says that all the world, it's not just talking about the world of Jews, he's talking about all the world, Jew and Gentile alike. Every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty Before God, what are we guilty of? We're guilty of sin. Verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there's the deeds of sins, what made us guilty. By the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified by his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, 
to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? Here's the answer. It is excluded. Nobody has a right to boast. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. I'm going to just read on to the end of the chapter. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. I want to, I want to notice particularly verse 19 through 26. I want to notice in verse number, uh, let me see if I can find it here, spot it right quick. Verse number 25, he talks about declaring his righteousness. Verse number 26, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness. Where did God declare his righteousness? On the cross of Calvary. That's where His righteousness was declared. I want to try to preach this morning on this thought. When I survey the wondrous cross. These first few verses that I read to you, First uh, Corinthians talking about the cross, it's foolishness to the world, but to those that, of us that are saved, we don't think preaching on the cross is foolish. We think it's wonderful. Amen. Talking about the cross of our Lord, the blood of our Lord, the death of our Lord, the remission of sin, the tasting of death, all those things that are talking about that. Uh, we're reminded of the cross on which our Savior died. Amen. It's an ugly thing the cross is. In one way, but in another way, it's a beautiful thing. Amen. Uh, how God manifested His love toward us. How did He do that? He commended His, Romans 5, 8. But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. He didn't say, if you'll clean up, I'll help you. If you can get your weight part of the way out, I'll get you the rest of the way out. No, he said, while you can't do nothing, or while I should say, while you can do nothing, amen. He said, I'll reach down where you are and rescue you by the good grace of God, amen. And so we ought to exalt the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I got to thinking about these verses, and, and I want to use that as my initial impetus that gets us fired up and moving, thinking about the wondrous work of our Lord Jesus Christ on His blessed bloody cross. Amen. And I want to think about when I survey the wondrous cross, what is the significance to us? Now, the initial verse that I read, First Corinthians chapter number 1, and he's talking there about the inspired apostle Paul uh, informs us that to the lost world of humanity, the cross means nothing. The cross to the world means nothing to them. They just run right past it. It means absolutely nothing. It has no use to them. But to us that are saved, oh, it has great meaning. Amen. To them, it's even foolish. I mean, why would a man go to the cross? Why would a man die for others? Why would a man who has never sinned, love, or care anything about men that do sin? Well, I don't know why he would, but thank God he did. Amen. I'm glad that he did and does love sinners. Amen. And to those of us that are saved, it is the power of God that's what it said unto salvation. Amen. They don't see any value whatsoever in Christ's death on the cross. 
They don't see any value in the preaching of the cross. That's what he's talking about. Paul was so engrossed in the glory of the cross that he decided and determined not to glory in anything else. And he recognized the cross is the crossroads between God and the world. Amen. He's, that's what he's dealing with. The cross is the crossroad between God and the world. You can't go with God and the world. You're at a crossroad. Which way? He said, the world was crucified unto me by the cross of Jesus Christ. I said, I don't want the world anymore. I won't go the way of the world anymore. Amen. The world was crucified to me. I have no use for it. But he said, and I under the world, they have no use for me. Amen. That's what he's saying. I have no use for it. They have no use. Not that I don't love sinners. Paul had a burden for sinners. But he said, I'm not going that way. Amen. Made up his mind. He's going to go with God and glory only in the cross in Galatians 6. Amen. And then in Colossians chapter 1, Paul expounds on the fact that God used the death of our Lord Jesus on the cross to reconcile all things unto Himself. If we could say He tied up all the loose ends. Amen. He completed. When Jesus said it is finished, the plan of God was totally completed. Amen. Nothing left to be done. Amen. And so He demonstrates that this was God's way of making peace and justifying the sinner. And then that's continued on in in Romans chapter number 3. He deals with that that he might be just and the justifier. Amen. Amen. Now, someone has correctly said, if you want to see how much God loves sinners, look at Jesus hanging on the cross. They also said, if you want to see how much God hates sin, look at Jesus hanging on the cross. I say, Amen. That's exactly right. Amen. And that's why that the cross was necessary, that sin might be dealt with. Amen. Here's what we do as a parent. You might say, you might say to your child, if you don't eat all those green beans, you're not getting a piece of cake. And they don't eat them. And you say, well, you know, it is going to be your birthday in about 364 days. I mean, you're going on seven or what? You know what? You hear that? Kids do that. Amen. Uh, no, you, you you feel sorry for them, and so you say, I'll, "I'll tell you what. I'll let you have a little bit of cake." But that's not being just. It's it's love, but it's not just. It's it's not in a sense. It's not righteous. God is so holy that when He says, "Thou shalt not," then He's never going to look over that. Somebody's got to pay for sin. He does love us, but He's righteous and holy, and His love cannot override His righteousness or His holiness. Amen. And so He had to fix a way that somebody, if I could say it that way, had to eat those beans. Amen. I remember when I was a boy, my, my grandmother died when I was 12, my mom's mom. I remember that I had some cornbread on, on my plate, and I did not like cornbread. I do now. I didn't like it then. didn't like it at all. And I wanted, I guess probably wanted some chocolate milk or else wanted some coffee. They let us drink our milk glass down to halfway and then finish filling up with coffee. That's the way I still like it, about a half milk, but um, not hardly. But I was wanting something and mom said, you, you can't, you can't have it till you eat that cornbread. 
And I mean, I tried my best, but I just, well, I didn't try my best either. I better back up on that. Uh, but I just couldn't hardly force myself to eat that cornbread. I remember my grandmother hit me on the leg and she said, slip that cornbread to me. And I worked around my fork till I got it off in my lap and I scooped it over and slid it over to her. I don't know if mom and dad knew that or not. More than likely they did. But grandma did that because grandma loved me. But she wasn't really doing right. Now when I was a little, when I was a grandchild, I said, praise God for grandma. But if I'd have been the daddy and the mama, I'd have said, that ain't really right. But here's my point. Thank God for grandma. Thank God for love like that. But I'm telling you, our God is so holy. Love is not the essence of God. Holiness is the essence of God. Somebody said God is it's the only essence of God. Holiness is the only essence of God that is essence in the third degree. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Amen. Amen. He's, his holiness is His essence. His love is a holy love. His wrath is a holy wrath. Amen. Everything about God is holiness. And His holiness must and is just... Being just must be maintained. Amen. And so somebody had to die for sinners. Amen. And it had to be a sinless one. Amen. So the cross was necessary. And why Christ's death on the cross is so wondrous and glorious to the believer. Amen. Because of the necessity and the justness of God. Uh, let me let me give you these three points real quick. I said it's going to be short. Number one, there's the universal guilt decried. The universal guilt, verse 19 down through 23. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it said to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. You ought to underline that. Nobody's going to escape. Nobody's going to have an excuse. Not a valid excuse. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. And when it says may become, it doesn't mean that they have just arrived at guilt, but they may realize their guilt. They may be established as guilty. That's what he's talking about. Verse number 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But, now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. By the way, witness, the law looked ahead to a perfect sacrifice. Amen. The law is our schoolmaster pointing us. By the way, telling us, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're, that's what the law's about. Telling us we're wrong. But it's also pointing us, looking ahead to the cross and the prophets. That's who they prophesied. Jesus said that all the prophets wrote of me. In the volume of the book, that means in every page of the book, it is written of me. Amen. The law and the prophets looked to Jesus. Amen. Prophesied about Jesus. Let me find it again. Uh, verse number 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned. All have, by the way. Sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Now the sentence don't stop there, but I'm going to stop there just a moment. The universal guilt is decried. When we come to stand before God, nobody will be able to honestly say that we are not guilty. 
And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.